0: Good evening, good evening, good evening, Baltimore, Baltimore. Welcome to Man in the Mirror. I'm your host, Hezekiah Montgomery, with our fantastical co-host, Michelle Johnson. Tonight we have a very interesting topic. We're discuss we're discussing spiritual alignment. Yes, that's right, spiritual alignment. And you're probably wondering what that's all about, but at, before we get started, and I'll say it again, before we get started, stay tuned for what spiritual alignment is about. If you have any questions or comments, please press the number one on your phone, and you'll be put in our queue. Welcome back. Oh, first, hey, I'm sorry, show. Welcome back to the show tonight. I can't hear you. Hold up. Let's check. Let's get this right. Try it again.
1: Can you hear me?
0: Yeah, we can hear you now. just okay. diff- technical difficulties okay. there. Technical
1: difficulties but welcome to back there. to the show. Thank you. Glad to be back. I love tonight's topic, so I can't wait to get started.
0: Excellent, and we're gonna. I'm going to start us off in prayer. Dear Grace and Heavenly Father. We just bow down as humble servants, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for our lying down last night, Lord. And thank you, Lord, for waking us up to another great day, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for grace. We thank you, Lord, for mercy, But We thank you, Lord, for the good. We thank you, Lord, for the bad. We thank you, Lord, for all the humbling experiences that you have put in our life, Lord. And, Lord, we just thank you, Lord, for tonight's topic, spiritual alignment. We just ask you to be with us tonight. Be with those who call and be with those who listen. Be with those who listen, you know, on demand, Lord, if they don't hear it tonight, Lord, we just want this to be something that just, you know, purifies and shows everyone that we can all be aligned in you. We ask all these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, show, I'm going to ask you a question first. I may ask you a question. What do you think spiritual alignment is before I do, you know, what is spiritual alignment to you?
1: Well, it can mean more than one thing to me. Um, one, it can mean that you're lined up with what God has as far as your purpose um, and what he has for you, that you're aligning with that or or else your your life is going to be so out of balance because you aren't walking in your purpose. Then there could also be uh, spiritual lines, uh, uh, alignment, which is us lining up with the word of God and, you know, doing what God has asked us to do and, and uh, being what God wants us to be lining up with that. And then you could also... Uh, look at it from the point of like a husband and wife, and are they in spiritual alignment? Are they on the same path? And are they in the same place with God?
0: Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're going ask it. You're going to answer it and put a whole lot of other stuff in there. So we're going to definitely need to talk about that. But tonight, many of us drive our cars on a daily basis. And if we drive in any city, Sooner or later, you'll notice your car pulling to the left or right. Now, why does that happen? Well, if you're not mechanically inclined, the answer is your wheel, wheels have gotten off alignment. Hint. Again, how do you know this? Well, a quick test for an experienced driver is to you drive your car about 50 miles per hour going straight. Take your hand slightly off the steering wheel and see what happens. If instead of continually straight, if it drives a little to the left or to the right, it's misaligned. So what do you do when you or your mechanic finds this out? I'm glad you asked. You go to, one, you go to the one who has the right equipment and knows what they're doing to align your car correctly. A mechanic if you don't do it, what will happen is that your tithes will wear the wrong way. <clears throat> and they won't excuse me, and they won't last as long as they should. Now where am I going with this? Well the word says in first Samuel fifteen twenty two, but as Samuel replied, Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifice as much as he as much as in obeying the Lord? To obey the Lord is better than sacrifice And to heed is better than the fat of the ram, And it says, obedience. excuse me, is better than sacrifice. And now I did, you know, so basically you are on the money because many times, you know, you know, many times when we are doing what God wants us to do, sometimes we decide, like our children do, to go out the gate. You know, God gives us. Several different commands. He gives us several different commands in life. And um he wants us to obey. He wants us to, I say, again, obey his command. He wants us again, I said, obey. And um in the scripture it says several things, and I'm guilty of this to the Lord, and I'm I'm gonna to talk to me first before I talk to anyone. I said to myself, this year. I want to align myself, the Lord gave me spiritually with the Lord, and there's several ways that we can do it and I'm going to actually read everything that I put inside the um page so that that way you know you get a better understanding of what I'm talking about. We read the verse, so again when the when the call when we And I like how I put this, you know, I was just typing away. When we, the car, in commas, don't obey the word and do what it says, we we become unspiritually balanced. We're out of spiritual alignment. How does this happen? It happens when you don't trust God for who he is. It's when we don't line up. And when you don't type, like we should, it happens when we don't read our word as we should. It happens when we don't pray as pray as we should. Like our cars, we are out of spiritual alignment. Once we find out why all these things are going crazy, car going left or right, let's go let's go to our spiritual mechanic, Jesus Christ, and get back in alignment. What do you think about that, Michelle?
1: Well, it looks like we were thinking along the same line, so that's good. Yeah, I agree. You agree? Mm-hmm. Elaborate. Huh? Elaborate on I agree? Elaborate. <laughs> right.
0: Come on, you just can't say you agree. I
1: agree. I, look, I said it first. Wait a minute. I said it first. Yeah, so what I was saying, when you asked me before you read your, about your uh, description of, of what you were talking about, I think that lined up together with what was said. That's that's the best I can explain, Mr. Um, Mr. Hezekiah.
0: <laughs> and I'm going to read, and I'm going to get definitely in the Bible. It says, the tithe is introduced as law in Leviticus 27, 30 to 34. It says every tithe of the land, and the tithe, for those who don't know, it may be unfamiliar terminology, is a tenth. So if you make 10 cents, you give a penny. If you make 50 cents, you give a nickel. If you make a dollar, you give See people okay, long, well, we get a dollar. If you make a dollar, you get ten cents. If you make five dollars, you get fifty cents. If you get make ten dollars, you give a dollar. Now once we get in the bigger numbers and everybody starting, this is the funny thing, and I'm gonna be real, this is once we get in the bigger numbers, if your paycheck is fifty dollars, I mean a hundred uh, five hundred dollars. And we know about you know we all talk about everybody gets theirs, the government gets theirs. Everything is taxed. You got bills to pay. But if it's if it's five hundred dollars, that means that you have to give. If I'm correct, Michelle's more the math version. You have to give up a tenth of that five hundred dollars, and that's fifty dollars. So basically, your paycheck to you is only four hundred fifty dollars plus whatever else the government takes out. Now. Every, now, and uh, the tithe is introduced as law in Leviticus 27:30 30 to 34. Every tithe of the land, whether the seed in the land or the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. If a man wishes to redeem some of his tithe, he shall add a fifth of it. And every tithe of the herd of the flock, every tenth animal of all that pass under the herdsman's staff, shall be holy to the Lord. One shall not differentiate between good or bad, neither shall he make a substitute for it. And if he does substitute for it, then both of it and the substitute shall be holy. It shall not be redeemed. Here we see Moses giving the tithe as law. The first 10% is called holy. See, that's something new. people don't pay attention to that. He said the first 10% is called holy as it belongs to God. See, this is something new to, this is, I've heard, give a tithe, but then, you know, you're just giving a tithe, but why? Many people need to know why. And God is saying, the first 10% is called holy, that's sacred. And set apart as it belongs to God. The Israelites were to return to God what was already his. And in doing so, recognize, that the, recognize the Almighty's provision. If for some reason someone needed to redeem or keep all of the portion of the goods he was to type, he could just give money instead. However, the cash would need to be equal to the type value plus an extra fifth. Whoa. You heard that, Nichelle, plus an extra fifth. In other words, Israelites could give 10% in product, produce, or 12% in cash. Well, wow, see, we don't talk about that today in church. People look at you like you're crazy. Well, if you don't give it, what, what you think people look at you with? You know, with that that stinky eye.
1: Well, you notice we're we're the people of of I. We're the people of I, and we're we're selfish. So, you know, we we're thinking about I I I. And so, when we get our paycheck. We're thinking how hard we worked, because they said God wasn't at my job. (laughs) (laughs) I was at my job slaving away all week. I worked hard for this money, and I got bills to pay. So it's not even going to be mine. I still got to pay bills. But uh, years ago, I was listening to my my pastor uh, talk, and one of the things he was saying is to, to look at it another way. A lot of times we see a situation a certain way unless somebody can help you get a different perspective. So he was saying it right. a different perspective on it because as you were reading that in the word of God, you know, God already put that forth and designated it as holy. And it's his anyway, and then we know. So that's number one. So, in effect, when you don't give it, you're actually robbing and stealing from God. Amen. And, uh, and we know that's that's not something we're supposed to do. So that that in itself is a sin. To steal, to steal, period. But stealing from God is definitely a no-no. So that's number one. And then number two, then we need to um, remember with that in mind, think about who blessed you with the job anyway. Who, who is allowing you to have good health so that you can get up and go and work the job every day? Who is blessing the people who are running that business that they keep making a profit? So you can keep having a job and who is going to help you in the midst of trouble if even if you used your whole paycheck you couldn't pay your bills anyway so when you look at it that way the answer to all of that is God so for him to say to give a tithe because it's holy and and we all we you know we all know we're under grace and all of that but in being under grace one thing that's important to remember is that that didn't um that didn't take away what God wanted for us and wanted us to do it just allowed us to receive grace for those times that we can't always reach the mark because back in the day when you didn't reach the mark, you might have fell dead right in the spot where you stood.
2: Amen. So, Hallelujah. You know,
1: we need, yeah, so we need to look at it for what it really is, that being under grace does not give us the right to be disobedient, period. You know, it's it's allowing us to have a, a, a second chance and a, and a third and a fourth. He gives us grace, but we have to remember that you know the things that he wanted for us and the things he wanted us to do are not are are not different now that we're under grace. He's just looking for us to just keep working at it, so with that being said. You know when we think about all that thing, all those things, and it comes back to God that God, the one who gives us life and breath to be able to get up god's the one God's the one that gives us health to be able to make it to the job God gave us the job to be able to even go to, and God allows us to be blessed in times where we don't even have the money for all the bills that either the people are work with amen out of the say
0: it again, say that again, yeah. Say that again, please. When that money is funny,
1: yeah, he'll he'll cause you to have favor with the bill collectors. Now, who does not want favor with the bill collectors? He will cause. I know you I do. Favor. He will cause the bill collectors to work with you while you try to get your money together, and he will send money. And he literally has done this. You know, it just it just can't be a lie when you've heard testimony after testimony, and then have had personal experiences of money just popping up out of the blue from somewhere that allows you to be able to take care of the things you need to take care of, and that's the kind of stuff that God does for His people, for the people of God, because
2: mm-hmm.
1: they're being obedient and giving their tithe right. to Him anyway. So, you know, we know that the the, the, Lord, the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. Everything on this earth that dwells on this earth belongs to our Father anyway. So just give up the tithe and get blessed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you said, you know, now, but see, Michelle, I'm, I'm a paid devil's advocate. You say give up the tithe, and that's why I started off in the beginning saying, well, look, I get a $1,000 paycheck. I get a five hundred dollar, maybe a six hundred dollar paycheck, and then that thirty dollars, if I'm correct, you know that could be put towards something else. So
2: 60, I'm sorry, sixty.
0: 60 okay, sixty dollars, but that could be towards something else that I need because you know we, you know, and we just have all these bills, and and that's what it's worried about. It's about the bills that are sitting in front of our face. That's what everybody is concerned about. These bills are just, you know, before us. And, you know, uh, the th- issue is are we going to trust God for who he is? Like, like you said, he may, they give us favor, but it takes a while to get there. That's what I'm saying. It takes a while to get to that point where, you know, I'm just going to trust God because that, that, takes, that takes a minute to just get in that position in your life. Where you're going to say, "Trust God, I'm going to give you my type, and I'm going to still trust you
1: okay so so let's go to to, to Matthew we're going to Matthew six, starting at verse twenty five because what you just said that's in the word of God, and you know what that's one of the things that we need to get used to doing every single thing that you um that concerns you. And that concerns this faith walk, this life you have on earth, there is a word for it all. And it just was the it was one of the craziest things for me to really discover in the word that God literally has a word for just about everything that you will encounter in this life. But anyway, Matthew six, twenty five it says Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough troubles of its own.
0: Okay, okay. So, you know, you said a little something something there. So you said, seek first his kingdom (laughs) and all his righteousness. Yeah. But yeah, that's an easy thing to say. And let me back up. You're listening live with Man in the Mirror with your host Ezekiel L. Montgomery and our co-host Michelle Johnson. We are talking about spiritual alignment, aligning yourself up spiritually correctly. We start off talking about and I you know, I gave the incident of the car. When your car is out of alignment, it's gonna to steer to your left or right because you know something went wrong, you know you know, maintenance and all that has to be kept up. And when we don't keep that maintenance up, rotate those tires and, you know, make sure the air pressure is right and stuff like that, things happen. And that also happens in our lives. You can call in at 917-889-2271 or log in at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash man dash and dash the mirror. And if you have any questions or comments, please press the number one on your phone and we'll put you on our queue, but, we're, you know, Nishana and I are just having a good discussion. And last thing she mm. says, you know, God wants us to be spiritually alive, you know, with him. And, I, um, and let me finish what I was saying. It says, when it came to livestock, a shepherd, I like this, had to set aside every tenth for God. It was decided by simply counting the animals and consecrating every tenth. In other words, you're number ten get out the line. That's, that's to God. The shepherd was not to be deciding based on the quality of the animal. That's a whole big story right there. We have a whole new, another thing going right there. Um, There's a story that when we go on our break, I'm going to bring up because obedience, again, we're talking about obedience. If we want to be aligned up with Christ, if we want to be aligned spiritually with God, we have to be obedient to the word. And there were so many, so many examples. Where God told some of his servants to do this, and they decided, Well, yeah, you said that, but I decided to do this. That's like that tire going left. I decided to go left. And then, well, God said, Well, didn't I tell you to kill everybody? I ain't tell you just to try to take some of these spoils for me. No, I said, Everybody, women, children, they killed women, children, Every If God said, Take destroy everything in the land. He said destroy everything in the land. He didn't say take the spoils. He said kill everything in the land. He didn't say take the animals. He said kill everything in the land. That puts us out of spiritual alignment. That puts us, as you mentioned earlier, that puts a husband and wife out of alignment. If everything isn't lined up where it should be. And, you know, when a, when, when a tire starts going left or right, and when things start irritating and the tires ain't going right, you're unaligned. Your marriage could be unaligned. You, can, you know, God wants us to do this. Many times we think we're getting away with it. No, you're not. God's just sitting back, just waiting to see, okay, how far are you going to take this? How far are you going to do this? God does that. He wants to see how far are you going to take it. And then, you know, sooner or later when it gets too hot, which is nothing wrong with that, we come back. We come back. And that's what he and that's what he's trying us to do. And he's he brought this to my attention because he's telling you know, he's getting his car together, like, okay, this is what you need to do. You need your 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 to we as men we love our cars, Michelle. We love our vehicles. All men will, you know, attest to that. And as soon as something go wrong with that car, we got the mechanic. <laughs> like, okay, what's going on? If it's un- is it unaligned, we take it to that because guess what? We don't feel like paying more money later on for tires when we could have just paid a little bit of money and got it lined up. But we should feel that way with our life right now because God supplies everything we have. And just like you said, he should supply all your rich- needs into his riches in glory. God supplies everything. We trust in him. He'll take care of it. He'll give us what you're talking about earlier. He'll give us that grace. He'll give us that grace. You know, you calling the bill. You know that you're stressing out because the bill collector, they know, they know things are going on right now. You're not answering your phone. You're not, I mean, you're just not doing anything. You're putting on do not disturb. I mean, you're not doing anything. <laughs> but if you, if you start to line up with Christ, if you start to type, if you get, like I said, if you type, you get into that word. You study to show yourself approved. You, I mean, you start to humble yourself. You start to pray. I mean, there's so many things that we have to do. If you just start a little bit, many people say, "Well, I gotta do a lot, of, a lot of it. Like, no, start off a little. It, you know, it's almost like if you know you haven't been doing. If you try to exercise, if you're trying to run run a marathon, and you know you haven't exercised. You ain't gonna make it.
1: You're gonna you're gonna be in but a God lot of pain. God understands
0: that. You're gonna be in a lot of pain. But God understands that. He knows He knows this. If you He sees your heart. You know, you know, I love that verse. It says Man looks on an outward appearance. God man looks in an outward appearance, but God looks in a heart. God looks at your heart because he knows your heart. David was a man after God's own heart, but David sinned. He messed up. He messed up religiously, but God still loved him after he repented and came back. So, you know, we're getting ready to take a break. Um, you're listening to live with Man in the Mirror, with your host, Hezekiah L. Montgomery, and co host, Michelle Johnson. We are doing spiritual alignment. Are you aligned spiritually with Christ? We're going to have a couple words from our sponsors. And then we'll take a break, and we'll be back. I got some heavy, some more heavy stuff that I'm going to put on you guys tonight. Because I want you guys to be—I want us all to be spirit. It's not just Michelle. It's not just Hezekiah. I want us all to be spiritually aligned. A note from our supporters: Music instruction for all learners. Where music knows no age. If you're interested in music instruction, such as piano lessons or instrumental lessons, please contact us at four four three. 574-5491 to set up an appointment to talk to our instructors, and please visit us on our website at www.mefowinc.org, and as music instructor for All learners, the acronym inc.org. Please join us on Sunday, April 23rd, 2017, at 4 p.m., as MIFOW is during our uh, 12 and 12 we will be at our fourth church, the Columbia Worship Center at 5513 Twin Oaks Road, Columbia, Maryland, 21045. Come and support the cause as we continue to bring awareness for our program. Another sponsor is Curvy Boss Project. Curvy Boss Project was created to empower, inspire, motivate, and change the lives of four figured women. Curvy chicks are boss chicks too, not to mention beautiful. Intelligent and talented project. And we will be back in a few minutes. And I want you guys, this is the theme song of the week The Master's Calling.
1: Amen. We are back.
0: Amen. 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 We are back live with Man in the Mirror with your host Hezekiah Montgomery and co-host Michelle Johnson, and tonight's topic is spiritual alignment. Are we? Are you? Are we all? What is spiritual alignment? You can call in at nine one seven eight eight nine two two seven one. Or log in at wwwbloggeradiocom dash, dash the mirror and join the conversation. If you are online, you can press the number one and join us. If you have anything to say, but um, well, I'm just having a good time because the Lord actually speaking to me through this, and I actually did look up um, what I was saying, and this is in First Samuel on the shelf, 1st Samuel 15, starting at verse um, 3, when the Lord was telling Saul, and he said, now go, attack the Amalekites and totally destroy all of that belongs to them. Do not spare them. Put them to death, men and women, children and infants, cattle and sheep, camels and donkeys. Now that's a lot. That's everything. He said, totally destroy everything. Mm-hmm. So Saul summons the men and mushered them to Telaim, 200,000 foot soldiers and 10,000 from Judah. Judah. Saul went to the city of Amalek and set an ambush in the ravine. Then he said to the Canaanites, go away, leave the Amalekites so that I do not destroy you along with them. For you showed kindness to all the Israelites when they came upon when they came up out of Egypt So the Kenites moved away From the Amalekites Then Saul attacked the Amalekites All the way from Havilah to Shard, Near the eastern border of Egypt He took Agag king of the Amalekites Alive hmm. And all his people he totally Destroyed with the sword But Saul and his army Spared Agag and the best of The sheep and cattle the fat calves and the lambs, everything that was good. These the, they were unwilling to destroy completely, but everything else that that was despised and weak, they totally destroyed. Then the word came to Sandy. Papa came home. You know, they give us these come in when daddy tells you to do something, and then he go away. And then the door knocks, and <laughs> that key goes in. You know, that key comes in, and it's like, uh-oh, daddy's home When the word of the Lord came to Samuel And he told him I regret that I have made Saul king Because he turned away from, the, from me And has not carried out my instructions Samuel was angry And he cried out to the Lord all that night Early in the morning Samuel got up And went to meet Saul but he was told that Saul has gone to Carmel. Carmel. There he has set up a monument in his own honor, and has turned and gone on down to Gilgal. When Samuel reached him, Saul said, "The Lord bless you! I have carried out the Lord's instructions." Wow. Hmm. I'm gonna go back. I, you know, I, you know, this is me. I got. I'm gonna go back. He says, in verse three. Now go. Very simple And attack the Amalekites until they destroy All that belongs to them Do not spare them Put to death The men and women, children and infants Cattle and sheep Camels and donkeys So now as we go further He says When the he says, The Lord has blessed you. I have carried out the Lord's instruction. That's from, and then less than 10 verses, he done told him. I, I did what the <laughs> Lord told me to do. Then Samuel said, What <laughs> then is this bleeding of sheep in my ears? What is the lowing of the cattle that I hear? Saul answered, The soldiers, forth. now he done passed the buck. You hear this? You hear this? He done passed the buck. Now he said, He answered, the soldiers have brought them from the Amalekites. They spared the best of the sheep, the cattle, to sacrifice to the Lord your God. But we totally destroyed the rest. Enough, Samuel said to Saul. Let me tell you what the Lord said to me last night. Tell me, Saul replied. Samuel said, although you were once small in your own eyes, did not? Did you not become the head of the tribes of Israel? The Lord anointed you king over Israel. And he sent you on a mission saying, Go and completely destroy those wicked people. For the to wage war against them until you have wiped them all out. Why did you not obey the Lord? Why did you pounce on the plunder and do evil in the eyes of the Lord? But I did obey, this is funny, but I did obey the Lord, Saul Saul said. I went on the mission the Lord assigned me. I completely destroyed the Amalekites and brought back Agag, their king. The soldiers took sheep and cattle from the plunder, the the best of what was devoted to God, in order to sacrifice them to the Lord your God at Gilgal. But Samuel replied, does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice, Mm
2: -hmm. and to
0: heed is better than the fat of the rams. For rebellion is like the sin of divination and arrogance, like the evil of adultery. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. And it goes on.
1: But wow. Saul kept
0: saying, well, I did. I did. But, the, the, you know, as a leader, and we all know when we're a leader, you can't blame your people that's under you or behind you for what's going on. Because if God gives him the command, you can't go say, well, my men did. He was trying to pass the buck. We've been doing this since the beginning of time. You know, Adam blamed Eve, Eve blamed the snake. Nobody took, you know, Mm -hmm. nobody messed up and said, well, you know what? God told me this. Now, Saul's doing the same thing. He's saying, hey, you know, well, the men did this. But in verse 3, he said, go and demolish everything. The easiest thing to do, go and demolish everything. But he kept the king alive. You know, he kept some of the sheep and the cattle. And he thought the Lord wasn't going to understand Or no But again it says to obey If he didn't want those sacrifices there was a reason That God God wanted wanted him To be obedient And just do everything I tell you to do Don't think You know don't blame the men Because you're in charge of them You got thousands and thousands of men under you But you're going to say you're the king King Saul you're the king I told you to do this But now you're trying to blame them What are you thoughts, Michelle?
1: (laughs) I think we do this all the time. So I was just laughing when you were reading that because you said what I was thinking, which is, you know, we go all the way back to Adam and Eve, and they were doing that same thing then. And really that's like a natural thing that we in our flesh do when someone calls us out on something. We don't want to accept the responsibility. We want to put it off on other people. It was their fault, or I had to do it because of them, or all of that. But in all of this, because you read the scripture about obedience being better than sacrifice, in all of this, that's all really God was looking for, and that's all he's looking for for us when we're talking about being spiritually aligned. Because if God is showing us something or telling us to do something and we can, we hear it and acknowledge it, then, you know, it shouldn't really be any, you know, misconception. And I think it's really funny because like you were pointing out, he just kept saying, but I did what God said. I went and, and you know,
2: <laughs>
1: overthrew over the people and. And he just said it just as plain as day. And then at the very end, he veered right off of what God told him. And and we brought back the king. And you know, and and we do we do this we do this every day. Somebody's doing that exact same thing. God tells them, well, you know, give give. Uh, so since we were talking about the tithe and all that and and offerings and things, you know, God may say, um, give a hundred, you know, give a hundred dollars, give a hundred dollars. You're being led to give a hundred dollars to somebody for something. But you keep saying, well, well, I have, you know, 50 that I can spare. So, you know, if I give away all I can spare, I'm being obedient. But is, but is that, We can't change what God tells us. We can't rearrange it to make it convenient for us because it's not about convenience because sacrifice, uh, you know, is inconvenient. Obedience is inconvenient. It's all inconvenient. It's not, it's never going to, you know, be at the right time, at the right moment, in the right amount of money you know, all of that stuff that we want it to be and it's never gonna be that way. Just like all the rest of life is not perfectly packaged. So why are we, you know, looking for for these things to be perfectly done with however we feel comfortable? Because that's the thing, it's not about us. All of this is not about us. There's purposes and reasons beyond what we even understand that God Moves us to do things And you may not even Know what is even going on But if you're just obedient Somebody's going to be Blessed and it's not always Just another person Because part of that somebody can end up Being you as well Because God will bless you For your obedience So you know I remember years ago Yeah I remember years ago uh, I was at service, and a good girlfriend of mine, uh, one of the ministers at the church, you know, she has she has uh, lupus, and so she was there in the service, and I didn't I didn't know it, but she was in extreme pain that day, and she had pressed her way and came to the service anyway, and so. You know, the thing with me is as soon as I, you know, came in the room where she was at, the Lord directed me to, to go over there, hug her and be and, and start praying for her. And Amen. had I had I been like and that's that's just as it's just as simple as that. It's just as quick as that that we can become disobedient to God. You know, had I been like Oh, hey, hey, sis, and went and sat down because, you know, he brought her to my attention. But I just said hi when I know that I heard him in my spirit tell me what to do. But I did I did what he wanted me to do, and I went over. And And we know, and I just want to make a sidebar, we know when the spirit is telling us something because it feels so heavy on you to do that thing. Right that it actually disturbs you when you don't, and some people ignore that, but, yeah, so I went over, and I, and I gave her a hug, and I, you know, we were smiling, and I was just like, I love you, and I was like, I just want to pray for you, and she just looked at me and started crying, she was like, girl, the Lord must have known, because I'm in so much pain, I am in so much pain, oh, my God, I was, I was sitting here just praying my own self and just saying, please, Lord. You know, she was just going and I was like, wow. And that blessed my spirit because I knew in that moment that, you know, what the purpose was. But sometimes, and I'm going to say this, sometimes we may never know what the purpose is. God may not even mean for us to know what the purpose is of what he's directing us to do. But we have to just be obedient because in that we will get blessed.
0: Amen. 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 You're listening live with man in the mirror with your host Ezekiel Montgomery and co-host who's on fire tonight. She preaching, (laughs) Michelle Johnson. She's just preaching tonight, and that's a good thing. And um, we're going. I'm going to do a sidebar right now. It's not you know we were talking about obedience. And obedience is the key because, again, God gave Saul specific directions in verse – I'm a very – I try to pay, keep in line. Okay, if he said this in verse 3, well, by the time you got to verse 13, you're just all over the place. You're trying to pass mm-hmm. the buck. But that's what we do. We try to pass it. But we try to rationalize with God. We try to reason with God. But if he says something specifically, there's no reasoning with him, and he's going to call us on it, and that's why. Samuel came to him because Samuel was angry. Samuel, like, didn't he tell you this? And you disobeyed. Another part, you know, of staying spiritually aligned is what people don't, we all love to eat. And in the next few minutes, we'll talk about this. It's talk, fasting, because sometimes it's good to turn that plate down, mm. not just because we're cleaning our bodies up, but we we want to hear from the Lord. Because that stomach, you know, can become king sometimes. You know, you get hungry. You know, our children, you know, if they don't go without eating for a little bit, they act like they're dying. And we as adults do too. Um, and about fasting, it says Matthew six sixteen to 18, and when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they just figure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received a reward, but when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face that your fasting may not be seen by others, but our Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret, rewards in secret. You know, when we fast, we're we're making a sacrifice. You know, we're cleaning ourselves out. You know, as we're fasting, you know, we're still meditating, we're still talking to God. We still dress up, go to work. People should know what's going on with you. But you're having it that's your spiritual moment between you and our Heavenly Father. That's part of that spiritual alignment as well. You know, when we when we turn down a plate, if there's something going on and we wanna turn down that plate, God will honor that. That's also part of this. You're aligning your spirit to have time because, you know, many of us heard, we all have read the story when Christ was in a wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights, he was fasting. And that's when the devil came to him because the devil likes to come to us when we're weak in the shell. He likes to pick us because if he knows if he gets us when we're weak, you know, that's when we're more vulnerable. He came to Christ after 40 days and 40 nights. And started tempting him. You know, but Christ was smart enough. He's God's son. And he said, Turn these breads into stone. I mean stones into bread. And what did he say? He quoted scripture. That's why we gotta stand the word. Thou shalt not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So, you know, he quote. you know, he said, Well, cast, you know, throw yourself off in the angels, and he said that you know, turn not by God. You know, so he, he did this three times. But we got to real, as we're fasting, as we're going through, we got to be, Satan is sh- scrupulous. He's rude. He's cunning. He said, people people forget about this verse at the end of that. It says, now, after, you know, he went tempted him three times, he said he left. Satan left him, I was waiting to come back at a better, a more opportune time. That's what Satan does. You know, many times we may think that um, he's gone, but he's not. He's not gone. He's just waiting for, you know, he lost that battle, but he was just waiting for that next battle. So fasting is just as important as well because that gives us time to commune with God. You know, if you don't have to start off trying to do a 24-hour marathon, I don't suggest that. But years ago, when I started fasting, I would just pick a morning, once a week, and say, "Okay, I'm going to fast that morning." That way, and then by the time lunchtime came, you know, yeah, I was about to, I thought I was about to pass out, but I was still good. You know, drinking some water. You know, you know, start off slow, but spiritually, it it you'll feel better because you know if the Lord will get a chance to talk to you because the word says, "Be still and know I am God." as you're fasting, you're talking to God, you're communing with God, and you know, later, sooner or later, later sooner, you can build up from that. Okay, we'll do it a day, and then after that, a couple of days. You know, you know, in my church, we do the Daniel fast. So there's different ways of going to fast, but it helps you get closer to God. Any comments,
1: Nichelle? I just think that you know. I really have loved this discussion tonight because we hear we hear these things and we know they're in the word, but sometimes you know I think people things sound far away to people like it's a, a pie in the sky idea. Like, oh, that sounds so good, you know. Be be obedient, you know. The tithes and the and the offerings, the you know, doing uh, what God tells us to. It sounds good. It just doesn't always happen that way. You know, I've heard, literally heard people say that. And then um, the famous one that people like to quote after they say stuff like that, well, God knows my heart. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's fame,
0: yeah. Everybody yeah, knows that's, that. That's yeah, our, God. We have made that very famous. Amen.
1: Yeah, man, looks on the outward of prayer, but God sees my heart yeah but but, in that, then we need to remember that whatever wickedness is bound up in our heart, you know that allows us to keep being disobedient to him even even though we hear his voice, he sees that too, and so we just we just can't keep making excuses, and we can't keep blaming it on other people, and we just we just can't keep doing it because. God sends us the word. Once you hear that word, and Lord forbid, if you heard that word more than one time, then what that means is you've become responsible for carrying out that word that you heard. And you've become responsible for hearing that word. So now you have to be obedient to that word. You know, we can't let the word fall on, on stony ground. And, and not allow it to to bear fruit within us. So we, we just have to remember that, and we just have to stop making excuses so that we can start lining up with the word. That's why I said I really like this topic, because you were saying the spiritual alignment, because we are literally supposed to gradually line up with the word. It's not overnight. There's process. Like, we're not going to stop doing everything that, you know, is is a, is a sin in God's sight as soon as we accept him. Uh, but what we should do as soon as we accept him is get to know as much about his words and what he says about us and our lives and what he wants for us and what he doesn't want us to get involved in, those types of things. We need to learn that so that we have that word in our heart that we can become aligned with over time. We, as we get to grow and and form a relationship with God and grow with him, we become more and more aligned to that word where, where we're walking on the same path, you know, all of us that, The word wants us to walk on, that God wants us to walk on, that the word tells us to walk on.
0: Amen, amen, amen. I guess those are your last words because we are winding down to the last minute. Um, I just want to thank all of you who have been listening. You know, I enjoyed this myself because the Lord gave it to me. I'm like spiritual alignment. I'm like, and I'm, looking, and you know, silly old me looking for a verse, verse in the Bible that talks about alignment. But we, you know, then God said, obedience is better than sacrifice because He wants us to align up to Him by being obedient. And, you know, we again, we were on one accord tonight because we were always thinking the same thing, and that's a good thing because that keeps the show going. That tells me I don't have to keep worrying about it because I know you, God gives you verses, God gives me verses. But the whole thing is we want to be aligned spiritually with God. We want God to know through our efforts, through our sacrifice, some, please do not get upset if you if you fail, if you make a mistake, if you fall, because as the song goes, we fall down but we get up, get back up, start again. If you fasten and you mess up and someone at work decides to give you a piece of chocolate cake and you know you're fasting, okay. Don't it's not the end of the world. Get back on track and keep it moving. You know, because that you know, if you if you you know, if you don't have the type, start somewhere and build up to it because we have to start somewhere. Because if you don't start somewhere, you won't get anywhere. That's what I tell people. You have to start somewhere. And then sooner or later, as we continue to read our word, as we continue to study to show ourselves approved, approved we continue to meditate, If we continue to fast. We'll start to, before you know it, you will be in spiritual alignment with God, with Christ, and you'll be a different person The people looking at you. What is going on with you? Because they will see that glow. They will see that light. your light will be shining, and they will know that, yeah, something's new about him. Only you know that you're in a better spiritual alignment. You're not staring to the left like your car or to the right, but you're looking straight at Jesus Christ. Again, I thank all of you who have been listening in, who have tuned in. You guys were great. Uh, you know, this will we will be on demand, you know, within a half hour or so where you can pull it up if you haven't had a chance. But I pray. That as Nichelle and I were talking about, that you guys will want to be in spiritual alignment. This is Hezekiah Montgomery Montgomery signing off. And as always, we'll see you at The Mirror.